Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Friends, we are, I can't even say that we are into the fall season. Like we are well beyond the beginning of fall. We are in full swing here. It's actually like in the 60s in San Diego, which means I wore a sweater today. So then later this afternoon when it's in the 80s, I'm going to be like looking at my life choices, wondering what I've been doing. Amanda, you've had much more desirable weather in your neck of the woods. Yeah, we're kind of in the like, yeah, 60s and, you know, mid 70s. Sometimes actually the marathon was the other weekend and it was almost 80. So it's been kind of like all over the place, but mostly it's been feeling like fall around here. Oh, that's the best. Yeah, no, I definitely am like, okay, let's break out sweaters for the two days this week before it's back in the eighties. I don't know how you live like that. I just really thought like, you know, seasons are so interesting and I thought it would be really cool for us to talk today. Like just you and me raw and everyone who's listening just about what seasons can do for us in terms of renewal. Um, the title of this episode is all about a fall teacher self-care routine. So this does not assume that you already have one. This does not assume that what you're doing right now is working. These are just some things that, you know, Marie and I tend to do around this time of year that make us feel good, that help us refresh our own lives. And even if it's just like a moment and not a routine, that's okay. And so we just want to go through some of our favorite things to do this time of year and really honestly, take a step back from curriculum. We've been hitting y'all hard with yes. pedagogy curriculum lessons. I mean, we've, and I know you've been hitting it hard in the classroom too. 
And so I thought, okay, let's just step back and think about ourselves for a little bit. What do we love about fall, the holidays, the days, and what are some things we need to anticipate? You know, just kind of an episode about that, an episode about fall. And I love it too, because there are definitely like, like you said, little moments, like just small glimmers, moments of joy within a day, within a part of it, within a class period. If you're like, you know, at work or if it's a weekend, just something that the little things really do a lot to create a sense of calm and just kind of, I get very uh, worked up with the idea of self-care. And I think, I, I mean, I've been very open on this podcast that I am no stranger to therapy. And whenever a therapist has asked me, so what are you doing for you? I'm like, I don't effing know. Like, I, <laughs> isn't that why I'm here? Right. So, so when the idea of self-care comes up, I feel immediately defensive. Like there's something that I'm doing wrong because I'm not properly, I'm not only am I a stress case in other places, I'm also not properly caring for myself. Awesome. So what we want to do today is debunk a lot of that. I need you all listeners at home to know we record these on zoom and Amanda just made the funniest face because the lights where I am after hours in my classroom and my lights just turn off and she forgets that I have a poltergeist in this room and the lights just turn off at will, even when there's a person moving around in here. I know. (laughs) Oh, and then now they're back on. You want to know why I, I blinked and that movement did it anyways. Self-care is just, it's such a, I mean, it's, it's very, buzzy. it's above, it's, it's a buzzy babbly term, but it's important at the same time. Yes. So like, let's make sure that we're not just feeling worse for not having great self-care and actually thinking about what that practically means for like real life adults, like real people, not an Instagram version of people. That's us. That's us. We are real life people. And the Instagram version that you see is also real life. <laughs> that is Correct. And we get weird comments for it. You know what time it is? It's time to cue the music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. So friends, like we said, we are going to talk through some of the things that we just kind of do either that we've learned to do and created habits out of um, that we sometimes forget that we like to do to be able to take care of ourselves. And honestly, like I just kind of wanted to start with the definition of self-care for me, the definition of self-care or when I feel like I'm actually practicing healthy, quote unquote, self-care is when I do things that help me feel like me, like Mm -hmm. truly me not the mom me, not the teacher me. I mean, those are all part of it, right? But like the things that I do that make me feel like Marie and like I'm having just a moment to truly be myself, that to me is the best type of self-care. What about for you? A hundred percent. I am with you. And I have the self-care and the word routine is really a nemesis of mine. I talked to a lot of, teachers. <laughs> I, I started coaching some teachers as a, one of my gigs now that I'm working from home. And it's so funny. Cause like I can help a teacher go plan this most rigorous, beautiful, like six week lesson, perfectly routine, perfectly everything. But if you look around my house and my life, like I lack that entirely in my personal life. So to your point, Self-care for me is being and recognizing those moments that are 
100% just Amanda and calm. Like they're, they're quiet enough and peaceful enough that I'm, I'm really in the moment with myself. And so I think that's kind of where this idea of routines comes into place because routines are things that we kind of do without thinking you, I know you've gone to therapy. I had a life coach that I worked with for a while. And when I talked to Blair, she reminded me that you have a routine, no matter what it is, like you're doing the same things every day. It's the unconscious, right? right? Yeah. And you can create your, you can create routines by doing things consciously enough to the point that they become like you just do not unconscious. Is that the right word? It doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) I'm just thinking of myself asleep doing things. No, that doesn't make sense. But yes, the routine comes from habit and the habit builds from doing things mindfully or not mindfully over and over again. But if you want to build a routine, it comes from building a habit. And I think fall for me is like, is a really like a reset season. I don't really reset in the summer. I just kind of like flop over. No, I just melt into (laughs) us into a different sort of existence of who I am and what I am. And some days I'm great. And then some days I am a soppy mess and that's just how it is. Well, we make, I think we make a a strong effort to re-up our routine game at the beginning of the school year. Right. But that's not really about us. That's about school. That's about kids. That's about our classroom. And it's about freaking survival. Like too, I mean, like to be totally practical, no matter what point I get in my career, no matter what point my friends and colleagues get in their careers, they still have the back to school, weird dreams, nightmares sort of thing. Like back to school does not, yeah, it might get easier, but it never gets like easy. Because no. it's back to school because, because it's a whole shift in everything. Yeah. So you got to survive. <laughs> and, and it's intense in, in terms of these routines and like getting used to coming out of that summer slump. And so yep. I feel like sometimes if I don't force myself to slow down and think about like, okay, it's fall, what's going well? Like, what are the routines that I've created that I've, you know, the habits that have started to just kind of form as I'm out of that and into this new season, what do I want to keep? And what do I consciously want to remove or realign or set up in a way that it makes me feel more like myself? And so I really think for me, one of the first things is indulging in the season in in the Midwest. I mean, there is every hokey pokey farm kind of thing you can do (laughs) already been apple picking doing all things with pumpkins, being outside for me in the fall is even more fun than it is in the summer. I just find it so much more tolerable and enjoyable. I just, I really try to make sure in that, this isn't even a routine, but I just try to prioritize the seasonal outdoor aspects of fall that I love. This is when my husband and I got married. We're married in the end of September, uh, Wisconsin, especially Wisconsin and Michigan are just a little bit North of us. Um, I love going up there early to see the leaves change in Illinois. They kind of just go like, boom, boom, we're, we're done. Um, it's a little slower up North. So we like to take drives and I have a lot of really good memories of fall that I try to recall on those days that are hard. So for me, indulging in seasonal stuff is really fun, whether that's you know, decorating for Halloween or taking drives in the leaves. I I definitely make space for that. I I am the same way in that if I just take a moment to realize like, here's something new that we are in. And that's just kind of the beauty of the calendar moving and time moving forward with or without our consent. Right. I, I love that. There's always a change. I mean, decor, if you know anything about me, you know that I very much like, am. I like to curate my environment. 
So both in my classroom, in my house, in my, well, not in my car right now, my car's a garbage pail, but normally there are little things that a lot of people will call people like me extra for like, oh, you decorate for everything. Hell yeah. I decorate for everything. You want to know why it makes me really happy. Hello, self-care right there. Yeah. It just makes me really happy. I like to decorate for Halloween. I like to decorate for Thanksgiving I or not even Thanksgiving necessarily, but like for fall even though it's kind of funny that I've got all of these leaves that belong in your part of the continent and not necessarily in my part of the continent, I've got fake ones inside of my house, but it does. It just brings you a feeling of maybe it's nostalgia, maybe it's, but whatever it is, it's joyful. So like, that's okay. Joyful for the sake of being joyful, those pumpkin candles, all of that stuff. Yeah. If you like it, do it. And if you don't like it, don't do it. When I watch Marie's Instagram and I see her bust out her <laughs> pumpkin waffle maker uh, and yeah. just do all the baking, I'm so envious because every time I try to bake, it's like <laughs> not in my blood, but I still, I still try, but like baking is another great example of like seasonal yep. flavors and buying all the pumpkin crap at Trader Joe's or whatever it might be like experimenting with new things with, I think our senses is I think really what we're getting at is yes, totally our visual, our, our sense of smell, like all these things are a way to make us feel happy and are embracing this. And it's, and it's fun when it's seasonal, because you know that these are things that belong in a certain time and then something else will take its place soon. So enjoy it while it lasts. Right. It's not quite YOLO, but it's more like until we meet again. And I think kids like that, especially if you're doing a little bit of that in your classroom, um, you know, bringing a little bit of your joy from your home into your classroom, whether that's sharing pictures or changing a backdrop on your agenda slides. I think kids really resonate with that as well, because school is where their clocks are. Yeah. And help them, right. Adjust through seasons and, you know, giving them time to reflect and kind of go through the same things that we're talking about is really important. I think for their mental health and just setting, setting up where they are in their lives. Right. I was just going to say knowing their place or, you know, or not their place, like, you know, your place, but more (laughs) of just like understanding where their spot is in it all. And, and just being able to develop their own kind of sense of, I don't know, catching their bearings and that sort of thing. Another thing that happens too in the fall specifically is that it's dark outside early. It's dark outside early. And I mean, most educators are pretty early risers because we have to get to school before the chitlins do. So I try to make it before the children are here, but I don't. For me, I've never had too much of an issue with the darkness, like with darkness affecting my mood. And I think it's because I get up so stinking early that I still get all of those daylight hours and I can get my kids to sleep earlier when it's dark. But I know that that can be a bit of an issue for a lot of people. And I think that's kind of what this episode is meant to do for us too, is what are the seasonal triggers for you? So those of you who are new to the podcast, this is my first year working from home hundred percent of the time. So I'm in the beginning of October had two days back to back that were, I'd say 60 degrees and like pitch black rainy. I mean, really out of the blue. I mean, we haven't had that at all. And I'm now like fully into life where I don't interact with more than like 10 people. 
And, I'm, and I used to interact with like 200 people a day. And I take the place of three of them. Yeah. <laughs> this is so true. And so for me, the darkness really does impact me. And I want to preemptively find ways to like adjust that. So like I did in my morning routine, like when I kiss the kids and they go off to school in the morning, I come in the house and I turn on every light in my house. I just okay. do it. And then as the day goes on, if there's too much light, which rarely there is, I turn some lights off, but like I've, I'm trying to get myself into a routine. that's going to help me with that. And also not spending every day at home, trying to go out and do work other places, which is it's, it's got its own struggles, but those are things that I've added to my routine to help me avoid that because it really made me sad. My productivity went way down. Yeah, I was in a very cranky mood that I couldn't explain until the next day that it was sunny. And I was like, Whoa, why do I feel so good today? <laughs> there we are. Well, and I think that that points to just small moments, right? Like moments that you can create habits that can turn into routines. Like you already mentioned first thing in the morning, like what you do first thing in the morning. The very first thing in the morning that I do, this doesn't come as a shock. After like brushing my teeth, I go straight to the coffee maker because then when I go to start getting ready for school, I've got my little mug of comfort right there. It's not always coffee. Actually, sometimes it's maybe hot tea. Maybe it's just hot water with lemon, but there is just something. There's a mug that I can put my hands on Mm -hmm. that I can just have that moment nine times out of 10, I'm alone and the children are not yet up. That 10th time when the kids are there, I still have something to kind of anchor me in my morning, even though it's being interrupted by other needs and other personality. And then like beyond the very first thing that you do, it's like carrying through your morning. Like you were saying, you then just kind of adjust the light depending on what you need. And you know that light is a big thing for you. I know that sound is a really big thing for me. So while I'm getting ready, I'll listen to a podcast if or or I'll listen to just some instrumental music. Like I will gauge what I need and then that carries through my drive to work. That's so whatever funny. sounds. Wow. It's I not light for me. Well, it's yeah. also, I have very much curated the light in my classroom, but yeah. and and obviously in my home. And I'm in San Diego, so we get a lot more sun anyways. But like sounds for me, and this is not something I discovered about myself until I had been teaching for like a decade. And I was like, I am so much more tired on loud days at the end than I am on quiet days. And it is totally audio for me. I cannot filter things out. That's where my attention deficit disorder comes in. Like I can't, that's part of the processing. And once I figured that out about myself and it just took testing stuff, right? But like, maybe that's, maybe it's light a candle. Like it all comes back to senses. I think that we're really just figuring out it's all imagery and senses. <laughs> well, I think, I think you're right. And, and I think so my challenge to you all, and this is a challenge to me as well, but I know it's a little bit harder, a lot harder when you're doing the work and going to school thing is maybe this season indulging in something that's a little bit luxurious for yourself. I mean, what's that going to be? Like, what can you add to your life? That's going to give you a little bit of that happiness, but also that luxury. So for Marie, it might be a new frother for, (laughs) uh, for me, it's probably going to be like, I really want to find a new body wash because the one I have is very floral, very like tropical. Mm. Yeah. It feels weird right now. Her her moment's over. Her moment is over. You need to get into the vanillas. Like not that I that. Feel clean, but I feel like an imposter and it's like, it's actually not relaxing. <laughs> it's, it's unsettling because the scent that it's discordant with the season. And, yeah. I, and it, it didn't dawn on me until I was taking notes on this episode that like, that's so funny. 
no wonder I've been like not feeling so refreshed, but like, I don't know. That's a really silly example. I think no, but obviously I'm going to send you a bath and body care package. Like, I feel like that's where we're getting at with this. (laughs) You know, I also listened, I, I, I follow this girl. I forget her, uh, barely brave. I believe is her name. And she talks about so many cool things. She's also a teacher. Um, and one of the things that she, I, I have some ish body issues, right? I think mean, who doesn't have body issues. Um, but one of the things that she had recommended, like for getting back in touch with your body is like putting lotion on your whole body every day. Oh my God. That takes a lot. Oh my word. And like, <laughs> I have, I'm so intimidated by that thought. And I'm like, but I can imagine that that would really help me. Like I talk a lot about this in other spaces, not so much here, but like I have gone through, like after COVID, I feel like my mind and my body sometimes feel very separate. Sure. Right. Like like, my therapist or my, my life coach really helped me think about that. Like when I'm eating, especially like food for me is sometimes a mental thing and it's not about my body and it, should be both, right? Like they don't come together. And so I was, she was, she was talking about this lotion thing. It's about spending time with your body. Sure. I was like, I'm horrified at the thought of lotioning my entire self. Is this, is this TMI? I don't know. It's like, wow. Like that's a really intimate thing to do. And I'm like, not, I don't know. I mean, you're talking about the moments are weird. Yeah. Talking about the moments of luxury though. Like, and I, I feel like luxury, I have a hard time with that word because I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I, like yeah, right. Whatever. I, so luxury, so luxury doesn't necessarily mean like I'm going to go to the spa and I, I mean, I'm making a silly voice. Like if you want to go to the spa, go to the freaking spa. Like if you want to get a massage, get a massage for me, that's not that relaxing if I'm not in the right place. And to okay. be honest, I haven't been in the right place for like three years for that to be a relaxing experience Yeah, for that to be a relaxing experience. And that's where I start to get that imposter syndrome of like, or not imposter, but like self-care becomes like self-loathing of like, I'm not taking, I can't even do that right. Because uh-huh. the thing that, it, that relaxes, quote unquote, everybody does not make me feel great. It makes me feel like I want to get things done now. So like even moments of luxury are just working on a project I want to work on because I want to work on it. Maybe it's baking the bread that I want to make from That's scratch great. just because I want to smell what that is like in the oven. And then I want to eat the whole thing with butter after like, that to me is also luxurious because 100%. specific to educators. And I mean, I think we can, but we can both speak from the perspective of a classroom teacher. We spend so much of our lives by choice thinking about other people. It's very hard to break that habit, even on like a Saturday. And then when you become a parent, <laughs> it's like tenfold. And so it's very hard to think about, I mean, without the guilt, blah, blah, like guilt aside, I just have a hard time being like, I don't really feel like going to get a massage right now. I don't really feel like going to get my nails done either. And that's something I used to love. I just am not feeling it right now because spending the two hours or however long that would be, I would rather do something active. I would rather work on a project. I would rather do something else because that at this moment makes me feel like me in a few months, something else might make me feel like me. So it's also okay for these things to be fluid. Well, a nail on head, right? This is exactly the, this is seasonal, right? And and it's, and I think that the effort that we're trying to make here is taking the time to check in with yourself, not yearly, but seasonally. And, and I think that that's more frequently getting in touch with this, this conversation is so important. And also what we've learned is what I need to send you is a wine of the month club so that you can pour a new glass of wine before baking your bread, before making dinner and like two sips closing your eyes and like, this is, this is good. This I'm going to get good. sauced and we're going to have some weird and bread then, guys, everybody. 
at least your bread all, all. comes out of the oven looking and tasting like bread. I'm all okay. in. I think I made shoe leather the other day. And yeah, I I'm going to help you with that. So. I'm going to help you with that. I um, have, I have a recipe. You know what? Actually, everybody, I will give you a recipe that I have tweaked from a few different places. And it's bread that I keep the dough. It's the simplest thing to mix up. I keep a big batch of the dough in the refrigerator for like two weeks. You just grab a hunk of it. I'll put the whole thing in the show notes. If if this is something that is interesting to you, if not, you've probably stopped listening already. And this also means (laughs) we probably all need to talk about the great British baking show and how, when this comes on in this season, it gets me happy. And even yes. though I'm terrible at baking, it's so fun to do it wrong. So anyway, no, it is. Um, it is luxury, so fun. <laughs> I think luxury, right. It, it means what it means to you. It's again, about like a rich happiness of yes. a mo- and a moment in time and seeing if you can replicate that so that it's more than just a moment, right? Like, or even and- the pieces of it so that you can yeah. find what it is about it that makes you happy and make that keep happening. Absolutely. Weekly bread. I mean, is there every other day bread? I mean, there should be. Yep. <laughs> My house should always smell like crusty bread. I think that's the goal for my hundred percent. And I'm sorry to everybody who's gluten-free because I don't quite have that under, sorry. under control yet. So let's talk about actually about just specifically taking care of yourself, taking care of yourself in a way that is guilt-free. Like I feel a lot of guilt when I, I'm great at keeping my kids up to date with their pediatrician appointments with their dentist appointments. And then I go, Oh crap, I'm a human with a biological body. I should probably also take care of myself. Um, and it backs up and then you feel bad and blah, 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 blah. So taking days or taking moments in time where you schedule the things that you need to schedule. I know it seems a little bit much, but like when your days are full of worrying about other people and it's like bell to bell, you're completely full. When are you going to schedule those checkups? When are you going to schedule those things? I have to just write them in to like every month, making sure I'm checking in with different things and whatever it is. And if there's nothing that month, great. I know other people do it different ways. What do you do? Um, I make sure to schedule them during the week. Yes. Hint, hint. Don't schedule your appointments for the weekend. If you absolutely I don't even think to, I can, I mean, I went through a phase where I tried to avoid taking days off as much as possible. And I was so feeling guilty every time I left my students. Now, when I was a new teacher, there were some real, <laughs> I had some real traumatizing experiences. If you've listened to the podcast, you know, what happened <laughs> when I had jury duty way too many times, but I think especially now with, you know, kind of breaking through this, these, these COVID years, we are feeling more and more guilt about taking those days off. Subs are an incredible shortage. It's um, so hard. Like you take part a day of the off, guilt. your yes. colleagues are trying to fill in for you. And, but and listen, sometimes it's, and it's more work. I mean, it's just very well known for teachers. It is more work to take a day off than it is to be present. But it doesn't have to be. But it I doesn't think, have to be. It doesn't have to be. Has to be. No, I, I agree. Is, I think it is when they're kind of sudden. But if yes. you are like what Marie is saying, you know, looking at your calendar and putting things out there and making appointments or whatever you need to do for yourself, even for your kids, like even if you're going to take a kid to a doctor's appointment one day, take the entire day and you two do something together. Right. But I think I will link below too in the show notes, my favorite sub activities and like things that are super easy. I'll tell you right now it's Ed puzzle Ed puzzle is amazing. You get a video that's the exact same length of your class and the kids have to do it in that period. I mean, that's like a golden ticket idea, but 
you know, take them guilt-free. Your colleagues will cover for you. It's going to suck, but guess what? You're going to do the same for them and it's okay. And you at a hundred percent, you at 90% is better than you just drag in the bottom of the barrel, whatever the reason might be and refreshing your life and taking your days. We need to be in a place where we can normalize that. We Absolutely. Have well, and like one of my biggest excuses for not taking days is like, I just got a grade. Or if I take a day, I sit and I grade. And my best strategy I actually learned from you. Well, I like knew how to do it, but I didn't really do it until like seeing you backwards plan your grading. Right. Mm -hmm. So like whatever I, it became more of a, became more of a habit when it was reinforced by being friends with you. And then it's now routine. When I, when I design my curriculum in the first place, I build in my grading days, whenever those assessments are going to be, I build in the grading so that it's an integral part. And I, I mean, I will very transparently say my grading routine has been completely nothing so far this year because it's just been like a mad dash and like barely trying to stay afloat. And I'm starting to get, we're already almost done with the first quarter, but that is the thing that I can see as like, talk about self-care. I need my grading routine. I need to backwards plan for this next quarter and, and stick to the plan where those grading days are so that I can take days off and I don't feel bad and I don't get the angry, not angry yet, but like if I was a, if I was a parent of a kid in my class right now, I'd be pretty annoyed at how long it's taking me to get some of these scores in. <laughs> but, but that is what I need to do. Like that's, yeah. that's priority number one on that is, is figuring out not just what, what day I need to grade, but like, okay, Am I using my prep period that day? Am I going to use an hour after school? Like plan it out so that I've actually set aside and reserved the time so that then I can take a mental health day or I can go and get my teeth cleaned or whatever it is without something else hanging over me. And that day can just be something to like chill. I think that's huge. And I think one last area that we might dive into, this is going to be like super some people's jams and other people are going to be like running for the hills. I'm somewhere in the middle, but I think, you know, Marie mentioned earlier her space. And we think about as teachers, we occupy so many spaces. We have our homes, our cars, our classrooms, you, you know, at, within your home, other spaces where you are, like your kitchen and your bedroom, you know, really often your bathroom. I think really for me, I know that having a tidy space helps me feel better. Oh yeah. However, however, let me be clear. I hate cleaning. I hate organizing. I ask for advice all the time and never take it. Um, and so one thing that I'm going to try is not being better at cleaning, but being better at regularly decluttering. I feel mm -hmm. like if I can be on a, on a better path of getting rid of stuff, cleaning and tidying won't be quite as overwhelming because really, I don't think I mind like spraying some, you know, whatever apple scented method cleaning soap. What I mind is putting away all the crap everywhere all the time. And right. when Hugo finds some baby toy from, you know, three years ago that I was about to get rid of, but never did. And then now he's his favorite thing. And I'm like, Gah! now I'm stuck with this stupid ball, you know, that he loves again. So anyway, I think that's for me decluttering my spaces. My classroom was a big mess all the time. I was not someone who left my desk tidy at the end. I laughed. I laughed at people on Instagram who were like, clean your desk at the end of the day. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, well I, I could clean my desk, but then it would all be on the floor outside of the shot. So like, okay. I know, I know it's good. And I know it makes people feel good. I'll just I'm shove it all in this drawer. 
Yeah. Where's the rest the of my room. Floor? I mean, I will say like, and that's, that's where you have to be like a real person, right? Like right now I'm sitting, like I said, I'm in my classroom because that's where it's quiet and there's crap everywhere. But yeah. if you look around my room, it's perfectly like in, I could have a class. I, I'm ready for tomorrow morning. Like it's fine. That one, that's all cleaned up. That's all fine. The rest of the room is all organized and taken care of. But my desk, maybe I'll clean it up or I won't. And that's okay. Because as long as it's not, it, it can just get carried away. And same thing with like my house. We've got basically a catch-all space in every room, which might not work for everybody, but it's a place where it's a little way station. You know, like before everything gets, and, and I, when I'm on my game, I empty those spots daily, sometimes multiple times a day, just because I'm moving around and, you know, like a thing in, or what is it? Like a body in motion stays in motion. So if I keep going, then I'll keep going. But the minute that I'm tired, the minute I've had an after school meeting that like then sets my, you know, timer off late for making dinner for blah, 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 blah. I'm probably not going to get to all of that, but it's, it's just a matter of, also just having grace and being like, it's okay if two of the five rooms are clean and the other ones are not. Okay. Two rooms are clean. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I can find my kitchen sink. Awesome. It's yeah. Over there. It's still yeah. over there. That's great. It's there. There's no dishes in it this time. That's fine. Oh. Yeah. So basically friends, like the long and short of all of this, of all of this is to just find what works for you. And what works for you is not necessarily going to work for the person next to you. And it's not necessarily going to work for you in a few months when it becomes winter and things change again and becomes spring and things change again. And it's um, maybe we'll come back with a little winter spring self-care. I don't know. Winter and fall looking the exact same seasonally in San Diego. So maybe we'll wait till spring, but give yourself some grace in that it's okay to also not be on top of it all the time. And just being like, I'm fine is also self-care. <laughs> like it's okay. Yes. Being fine. So if, if we were to recap, I think the priority for your self-care, whether it's routine or just self-care check-in is looking back, looking forward. Hey, okay, sure. where, where, what are the things that are working are not working? What do I want to adjust? That's realistic and would actually make me happy indulge a little bit in your season, adjust for the changes that are coming up this season, whether that's darkness or just weather in general, or come, you know, quarters are ending, whatever that might be, make your adjustments, um, indulge a little bit in some luxury, whatever that might be wine with bread or, you know, <laughs> getting me a new freaking body soap. So I don't have to feel like I'm in a jungle in the On middle it. of the, like fall, winter. Yeah. Weirdness and taking care of yourself medically and all of that kind of stuff, getting your, your things out there, guilt-free, take your days off. And if it makes you feel good about your space, try some decluttering and don't worry about cleaning. Just get rid of some stuff because summer's over. Like we finally threw away our $40 plastic pool that we got at Target. <laughs> we're not going to try to save it. No. We, you know, Hugo cried when we threw it away, but like it was, there were plenty of squirrel talon holes in there. So yeah. it was done, you know, She's so whatever throwing away things or donating things or getting rid of things can be very cleansing as well. So yes. hopefully we gave you an idea that makes you feel good or just our real life struggles with all of this made you feel good too. <laughs> Absolutely. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. And we are hoping that this brings you, if nothing else, just a little bit of levity and like just, we've been talking about heavy stuff. We've been talking about dystopia. We've been talking very deeply into curriculum, curriculum design strategies. So let's talk about the person that makes all that happen in your classroom, right? You, 
even if listening to this podcast was your moment of self-care, then we are glad to have been here with you for it. If you have a moment to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, it helps other friends find us and become part of the Brave New Teaching community. If you have ideas of self-care that's specific to teachers, especially post those on Instagram, tag us, hashtag Brave New Teaching, and we will share so that we've just got some more ideas and different things to keep passing around our community. If you need to all start showing me your body washes because you're <laughs> really upset about what I'm, the sins I'm committing over here, feel free to post your body wash on Instagram, tag us at Brave Teaching. I will not be doing a YouTube review of different fall body washes, but I will probably buy at least three of them. Shameless plug for recommendations. All right, friends. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.